you've got to be thinking about what other opportunities are out there and push yourself because I was very happy. I was very comfortable and I didn't realize until I made the move that being comfortable isn't such a great thing. Welcome to Lifting Up, Lessons from Verizon Women Leaders. I'm Nakiba Shinobi. In each episode of this special series, we celebrate a Verizon role model. We hear their success stories and gain wisdom from the ups, downs, and detours of their journey. By amplifying diverse voices, we learn the unique superpowers that each one of us brings to the table. This episode features Michelle Goldman, Senior Vice President of Human Resources Operations at Verizon. She started her career as an associate in New York City and tells us more about her career journey to Verizon. We reflected on her transition from being behind the scenes as an associate to learning more about the business and seeing the bigger picture at Verizon, finding the courage to step outside of her comfort zone, and managing her varying responsibilities as a working mother. Michelle epitomizes a growth mindset that's fueled her ability to navigate her career while pivoting from legal to human resources operations and prioritizing work-life integration as she fearlessly leads teams across the globe. Michelle reminds listeners of the importance of having the courage to build good relationships and giving yourself permission to take your time while working towards your career goals. Today, Michelle Goldman is our guest, and I'm delighted to welcome you to Lifting Up. Thank you for taking the time to join us, Michelle. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'd love to hear about your journey and what led you to Verizon. Sure. So right after college, I went straight to law school in New York City. And following graduation from law school, I went right to a big law firm in New York and began practicing as a labor and employment associate at the firm. And I did that for about five years and got to a point in my career where I really was at a fork in the road and I had to stop and think and say, which path do I want to take? When you're at a firm, you eventually do hit that where you say, am I going to go down the long-term, maybe partnership in my future path, or am I going to look for something different? And at that point in my life, I really wasn't loving big New York City practice. I was a litigator. And to be honest, I wasn't loving litigation. What I really liked most about being a lawyer and the work that I was doing was more of the proactive advice and counsel and working with my clients to solve problems before they turned into litigation. And I wasn't really seeing that much opportunity to continue down the advice and counsel path. It was more litigation in my future. So I decided to pivot and see if I could find a role in-house where I'd be on the client side and managing the litigation, but really spending the bulk of my time on the proactive advice and counsel work. So that's what led me to Verizon. There was a posting for an in-house position at Verizon Wireless, and I decided to go for it. Wow. So it sounds like quite the journey coming, you know, working in New York City. I mean, living in New York City is definitely quite the place to live. I've lived there myself, so I can definitely relate to you in that. Um, But I would love to hear about what it was like as you were starting this new position at Verizon and just how you've evolved in your roles there. 
Sure. So yeah, you're right. New York City was certainly a place to live at work between law school and working there and going through 9-11. When I made the move, it was 2003 and started out, like I said, in Verizon Wireless. And at that point, that was before there was Verizon Wireless and Verizon all coming together. So it was a pretty small group and had incredible exposure immediately to all parts of the Verizon Wireless business and um, really enjoyed making that switch from a big law firm to the small legal department. And more importantly, getting hands-on experience with the clients and really having that day-to-day interaction. I always say that I, I think I learned more as a lawyer in my first couple of years, maybe even my first year at Verizon Wireless, uh, than I did five years as an associate in a big law firm because I went from being sort of behind the scenes, doing research, writing briefs, to having that one-on-one interaction and really making a difference and influencing decisions and policies and seeing the bigger picture, really. In a law firm, in a, as a junior litigator, you're working on very discrete pieces of litigation. Here, I was able to see the whole business and really get a, a, that big picture view, which I loved. That's awesome. It sounds like a really great change of environment and just overall, you know, just place to be and to learn and to grow. Do you remember what it was like as you transitioned through the different roles that you had at Verizon? Sure. So I started out in a fairly junior role in the legal department and as a testament to Verizon, I mean, it was pretty, pretty interesting. I ended up getting pregnant with my first child about a year and a half into my time at Verizon. And I went out on maternity leave. And while I was out on maternity leave, I interviewed for a promotion and was promoted. So when I returned back to the office with, I think my daughter was about seven months at the time, I was in a brand new role. And I was assigned to a brand new part of the country. So I was now supporting the West area. So here I am in New Jersey. And I remember taking my first business trip to California two weeks into my new role as both counsel for the West area, but my new role as a working mom. So my colleagues and my boss at the time were incredibly supportive. And that started really my um, growth within Verizon Wireless. I I supported the West area for a while, and then I transitioned to the Midwest area all the while continuing to learn and grow as an employment attorney um, as I watched the Verizon Wireless business grow because that was a really exciting time um, in the you know late late 2000s with the the growth of really Verizon Wireless becoming the the, the number one wireless providers, really exciting times. And at the same time, my family continued to grow. So I ended up with a second child a couple of years later. And I think back to, I had a lot of travel. And I always like to tell the story that every city I went to, I would buy a Beanie Baby with the name oh. of the city. And my daughter, who's almost 16, still has a tower in her room of hundreds of Beanie Babies with different city and state names on them. That's awesome. Turned into a pretty big collection. Very nice. That was that's a great way of like, you know, just her being able as as she's matured throughout her time, you know, from seven months when you first started to now being 16, having all of these different beanie babies from all over the country and the world. That sounds really incredible. I remember when I was a young girl, I used to love beanie babies. So that definitely mm-hmm. touched my heart. 
Awesome. So as you reflect on your career, are there particular proud moments that stand out to you? If I look at my my career, and this actually ties into where we just left off, there came a point in time, and it was really in 2014, where I made my first big move. And in looking back, I'm really proud that I made that move. And I think that set me on the right path and the right mindset, frankly, for more changes down the road. So what happened at that time, I mentioned earlier that I was working for Verizon Wireless. And over the years, we started to see the two companies come together. And in 2014, um, the gentleman who was soon to become my boss reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to make a move. And that move would be to go from the Verizon Wireless legal team to the Verizon legal team. And what's interesting is he had asked me Uh, A few years earlier, he had called me up and it was a very similar conversation. And at that time, I said no. But in 2014, when he called again, I decided that I was ready to make the move. And it was a big move. I was moving from, frankly, being an employment lawyer, supporting Verizon Wireless, to the wireline side of the business, which was heavily unionized. And the goal with the move was for me to really learn how to become a labor lawyer. So I mentioned I'm a labor and employment, I was a labor and employment attorney. At the end of the day, you're not really a labor lawyer until you're working at a place like Wireline Verizon, where you are providing advice and counsel and managing uh, arbitrations and litigation all involving our unionized workforce. So it was really a, a big move for me because it was embarking on really a second second part of my career where I could learn all new skills and substantively a new area of the law. And it was also a big move for me personally, leaving, frankly, what I would consider my comfort zone. I had been with Verizon for, at that point, 11 years, all focused on the wireless business. And I was I was pretty darn comfortable and felt like a subject matter expert in the work that I was doing. And it was almost as if it was starting over. So it was a big move. And I'm, I'm proud now looking back, as I mentioned, I said no the first time. I'm glad I said yes the second time. And that really paved the way for my willingness to say yes in the future, which became important. For sure. Wow. I can only imagine how big of a move that was. What was it like stepping outside of your comfort zone? I'll be honest, it was hard. Like many lawyers, I'm a perfectionist, and it's hard to start over, especially when you're established in your career and you have relationships. I was moving into a work group where the clients didn't know me. There were very few people that I'd ever come across in my years working at Verizon Wireless that were that had made a similar move to the wireline side. There were a couple, and we certainly found each other and, and did a lot of comparisons in those early days. But my boss at the time was incredibly supportive and he understood me well enough to know that I wanted to become that subject matter expert and I wanted to do it fast. And I'm a learner by nature. I've taken strength finders and enough personality tests to know that I like to dig in and learn and grow, but I also want to do it fast. And he was really clear with me from the beginning that this was a marathon, that you don't become a labor lawyer overnight, and that his expectation was that I would absorb and I would learn and I would take my time 
and that I would cut myself some slack and not expect to be an expert as quickly as I probably would want to be. And so having his support and encouragement and allowing me to really just participate in meetings and learn from the incredible colleagues I had surrounding me who truly were experts who had been practicing labor law for 20 plus years. That was a great moment where I learned to cut myself some slack and say, it's okay to take the time. And I was able to build relationships with clients who similarly were incredibly supportive and patient And to some extent, we learned together. We built our relationships and they were comfortable knowing that I would get the answers and I would learn over time and we would, you know, help each other grow. Sounds like major growth was taking place, you know, both personally, professionally, um, all at the same time. What were some of the inspirations for the changes and steps that you made along the way? One of the things that you did say earlier was that that I really admire is that you said no. You know, a lot of times we don't feel comfortable saying no when we're not ready to take on something. You know, it just wasn't the right timing for you. So, aside from that particular instance, what were some of the inspirations for the changes and steps that you made along the way? So when I think about what inspired me to make the change or the changes that I've made, I think each each move was different. But overall, I, I honestly can't say that there was one thing that inspired me. In many of the instances, change came to me in the sense that people asked me to make a move. Aside from leaving the law firm and going to Verizon in the first instance back in 2003, I think that's probably the only move that I made where I said, I want to make this move and I'm going to seek it out. If I'm really being honest and I think about all of the different moves, it's always been someone coming to me and talking to me about making that switch. And I think what changed in me was my willingness and desire to make that move. And that was really that pivotal moment when I went from wireless to wireline where I decided I wanted it. And that really opened up my mind because prior to that, I really hadn't thought about making changes. So being able to make that move and try something new and start over and build new relationships, in hindsight, I can see that that's what inspired me to say yes in all the subsequent conversations. It gave me the courage because... I think I had spent so many years wanting to be the expert and the and the perfectionist, not being ready or able to face the fact that maybe I wasn't the most qualified for the job or I wasn't ready for the job. And I think what I realized is if you are ever offered an opportunity where you think that you are qualified or you think that you are ready, that may not be the right job for you. And what I've learned over the years is every move I've made, I've stopped and said, gosh, I There are many things I don't know about that role. I may not have the qualifications for the role, but I have the confidence that I can learn it and leverage that learning and leverage the confidence that in the past I've made the changes. So therefore, I've been successful making changes. I can continue to be successful making changes. For sure. And it's it's really admirable that you didn't let it stop you because oftentimes, you know, it's like imposter syndrome. I'm not ready for this. This isn't for me. So that's just really incredible that you've been able to just, you know, and I know that it's always a process working through it internally, but still that's, that's really impressive. 
Yep. And it's, it's funny because I think about a friend of mine and every time I'm faced with a new role or a new opportunity, she's the person I call and we talk through and she always comes back and she says, you said that the last time. You said you weren't ready the last time, but you did it. So it's just that repetition. And the, actually, the more moves you make and the more times you go through it, the easier it becomes to say, I'll tackle it, whatever it is. For sure. I love that you have your friend as a um, accountability partner and just, you know, a lifelong friend to bounce ideas and, and past experiences off with each other. And it's great. You always need that. Can you tell me more about your transition from Verizon Wireline to working with Verizon's human resources department? As I mentioned, I, I switched to the Wireline side of the business to learn how to become a labor lawyer through the help of Larry Marcus and his team. And I spent about two years in that role. And there was an important event for Verizon during that time. And that was the strike, the labor strike of 2016. And during that time, I went through bargaining, which was an incredible opportunity to learn what bargaining a contract looks like, and then went through the strike itself, which was a six-week period. And during that time, I spent an awful lot of time with the human resources team, helping them with many different areas involving basically the managing the strike and working with our employees who were in emergency work assignments and working on the return to work process once the strike ended. But the bottom line is I spent a lot of time with, with HR and with the HR leader in particular. And we had worked together frankly, my whole career, but this was a, a lot of intense, intense working time together. And we really worked well together. And at that point in time, she reached out to me, she reached out to my boss at the time, and we started to have some conversations around what's next for me. And it was a great, it, the timing was actually great because the strike had wrapped up and I was ready to pick up a new client group. And we'd actually started the conversation maybe six months earlier about what my career looked like and what future growth was available for me. But then right when the strike ended, that's when she reached out a second time and said that she had an opportunity that she wanted to talk to me about. And it was funny because we had talked previously and I thought maybe I'd make a lateral move over and maybe pick up a as an HR business partner, maybe pick up a client group that I had worked with or that I was really comfortable with, or even do some sort of HR work that was really closely aligned to being a labor and employment attorney. And it turns out that she offered me the opportunity to be an HR business partner at the VP level and supporting that wireline business that I had just been supporting. So I was shocked. It was an incredible opportunity. And it was something I was really interested in and frankly had started to think about because she nudged me maybe six months earlier to think about making that kind of move. And when I think back to what brought me to Verizon in the first place, it was that desire to be more proactive and be more connected to the business and have more of an influence on people and the day-to-day -day lives of our employees. So it was actually a similar motivation that got me in the right mindset to move to HR. It was sort of the next step on the journey, going from being a litigator to advice and counsel on the employment side to actually being the frontline HR to support our employees was really the next step. And I realized that it would enable me 
an even a better opportunity to be even closer to the employees. And it also would enable me to have direct reports and be a people leader, which was uh, something I was incredibly interested in and excited about having that opportunity to lead a team. So that was in August of 2016. So we're almost at four years now that I've been in human resources. That's amazing. It must be really fulfilling to have all of your interests come into alignment and full circle. Absolutely. It all aligned and it made sense. And for a while, I'll be honest, I had a lot of people question my decision. A lot of people would ask, why are you giving up being a lawyer, all that work? And for me, it really was just a natural evolution. And while I'm not practicing law, I always tell people, I haven't given up being a lawyer. I'm still a lawyer. I'm not practicing law. But all of the skills and the training and the -the on-the-job experience that I had as a lawyer at Verizon and even prior has helped me become the HR leader that I am today. So I still leverage the skills and the relationships and the critical thinking. And I think, if anything, it enhances my ability as an HR professional. And I bring a different perspective. It's really neat to be able to bring that point of view and that perspective to HR-related issues. And believe me, I still leverage my legal contacts. So I know when to call my lawyers that I worked side-by-side with and now I work very closely with as well, just in a different capacity. That's incredible. Do you have any tips for other women who want to advance their career? So my tip for other women, I think of a few different things actually. And when I think back to what I've learned along the way, number one, you've got to be open to new opportunities. We talked about how I said no once. And then when the second question came around, same question, same person, just a couple of years later, I was open to the opportunity, open to the idea of it. And I think that's that's the first thing. You've got to be thinking about what other opportunities are out there and push yourself because I was very happy. I was very comfortable. And I didn't realize until I made the move that being comfortable isn't such a great thing. I really now in hindsight appreciate feeling challenged and trying something new. And it's funny because now if a couple of years go by, I start to think about what's next. And it's amazing to go back and think for 10 plus years, I didn't have that mindset. So you've got to open up your mind and be open to new ideas. And sometimes those ideas may seem crazy. The thought of moving from legal to HR really as much as I had wrapped my head around it, it was still it was still a, a really bold move. One that I'm absolutely glad I took, but still nonetheless, if I didn't have the right mindset and willingness to try something different, I could have said no. So I think that's one. And another piece of advice for me personally, a lot of my moves over time at Verizon have been because of the relationships that I built. If I think about moving from wireless to wireline. It was the, the lawyer who called me up those two times who I had met over the years and had worked on a couple projects with him. And as he said, stood out in his mind that you know he said he knew what he wanted to pull me over. And it was because I was open to those relationships. And obviously your work speaks for itself and you got to do good work. If you're not doing good work, forget about it. That's the table stakes. But then building those relationships so that people want to work with you and want to stay connected to you. And that's 
really, if I jump ahead to my move to HR, it was because of my relationship with um, the HR leader at the time. I went out of my way to ensure that I delivered good work for her and was the lawyer she needed me to be and that I represented what she was looking for as someone that she would want, you know, sitting at her table reporting to her. So I think relationships are absolutely key. And to maybe not take things so seriously, that's been a journey as well. But I keep using the word journey and marathon. I think we get wrapped up in our day-to-day and every work assignment and every case we manage or every mediation we we attend. But at the end of the day, it's the big picture. And your career is built over a series of days, weeks, months, years, not individual days. We're all going to have bad days. We're all going to lose a case. We're all going to give bad advice. But it's the longer journey that's that's most important. Keep your eye on that that long vision. Great tips for the journey. I really appreciate that. Be open, push yourself, step outside of your comfort zone, build relationships, deliver good work, and don't take things too seriously. So seriously. Love that. I have a question for you about work-life integration. When we first chatted, you shared more with me about that being something that's important to you. And I'd like to know how did work-life integration become a part of your life? Sure. And I think that's that's the right word, integration. People talk a lot about work-life balance. And my perspective has always been there really isn't balance. It's about integration. For me, it's seamless between work and, and home. And I think it started, if I think about my family, I mentioned I had my first child within a couple of years of joining Verizon. So my two kids don't know anything but Verizon and they love Verizon. <laughs> um, Verizon is it has really become like I said, it's it's blended. We work so hard. And number one, you got to love what you do to work as hard as we do. But number two, I think what's really important, and this is something that my husband and I do with, with our kids is, and why integration is important, is we bring them along the journey with us. So when I think about my kids and Verizon, my kids know who I work with who I work for, who's on my team. I tell them stories. They feel connected to the people I work with. And similarly, the people I work with know all about my kids. And that has made a big difference because my team knows if I've got to drop because I have to go watch Nate play a baseball game, they understand, they know who Nate is and they know the importance of baseball in his life. And similarly, my kids understand when they see my phone ring and they recognize the name, they know that I might need to stop what I'm doing with them and go answer the phone because it's one of my clients or it's because of my boss. And just having that connection and that integration for me personally works because there's this mutual understanding and I'm not hiding anything. My kids know. They, they know when I have a big presentation. They know when I have an ops review. And my kids and my husband are often the people that I practice. If I'm going to be on a webcast, I might do a dry run with them. And they often serve as really stories. I'm a big storyteller. And I like to bring stories into my presentations. And I have told many stories about Julia and Nate or my husband and and the, the tea company that he works for. So to me personally, it's about integrating I know other people, I have many colleagues where 
I've worked with them for years and they haven't shared their spouse's name or their kids' names. We just, we all operate differently. But for me personally, Verizon is such a big part of my life and my family is obviously such a big part of my life. It just works to have this seamless connection so that we're all on the same page. And it helps me navigate when I have to make tough choices. When I do have to miss something for the kids or my husband, it helps that they understand how important my work is and what pride I have in my work so that they'll understand when sacrifices have to be made and vice versa. So that my work family understands when home has to come first. I love the flexibility and just how this approach really just creates more synergies between the many areas of people's lives. You know, it's doesn't have to necessarily be separate, but again, there are some people that do enjoy to have that separation. So it's, it's nice that you've, that this is something that's been really successful for you and your family. And I think that listeners could definitely take that away if that's something that they're interested in implementing in their lives. I see it a lot in different working, work environments as well. You know, just with the different practices that companies are, you know, like some, some workspaces you're able to bring your dog to work. And then, you know, when I was younger, sometimes I would go to work with my mom like after hours. So it's just, you know, it's, I think it's really important, a great approach to, um, to add to your lifestyle. What does the Verizon Credo or Verizon 2.0 mean to you? So if I think about the Verizon Credo, and especially now as we're having this conversation in the midst of the COVID pandemic, I think there are two pieces that really stand out for me, which is we run to a crisis and we're committed to do the right thing. And right now on this moment in particular, when we're at week six or seven into the COVID pandemic, the credo rings true. I mean, we have always run to a crisis. This is the first one that I am so heavily involved in, and it's just reinforced every day how we, particularly in HR, this this is a crisis of people and people's health and safety, and the way we have mobilized to run to the crisis to protect our employees and society during this pandemic has been truly inspiring. And when I couple that with doing the right thing, it's just a perfect marriage for how we're reacting right now. So much of what I've been involved in in the past six, eight weeks is all about how do we do the right thing by our employees? How do we keep them whole? How do we make sure they're safe? So for me, the credo has more than ever come to life in my most recent work experience. But overall, I mean, I like to think all of us as lawyers are driven by integrity and doing the right thing. But when you think about my role now in HR, I'm an advocate for our employees. Yes, I I work for Verizon. I represent Verizon. But it's striking that right balance. And that's what what I love about the work that we do in HR is advocating for our employees, but also keeping in mind the interests of Verizon and trying to find that synergy, trying to find that right sweet spot that we're able to do the right thing for the company. And we're also able to do the right thing for employees. And so to me, the credo is, is that it's cliche, but it's that spot that you go to when you're in a tough spot, you look for the answer there. But I think it really does guide what I aspire to do within HR for Verizon. It's a very, very impactful guiding light. Do you have any tips for working from home 
with family right now. I know that that's something that is new for a lot of people during these times is, you know, just having, trying to create a, a schedule and, and depending on the, the age of your children, homeschooling, just those different things. How has that been? And do you have any tips that you'd like to share? Sure. So my kids are 16 and 13. So I'm really blessed right now because they're both self-starters. They're independent. They have their work that they know how to get done. They have Zoom calls. They have plenty to keep them busy. So I'm really blessed from that perspective. But that it's somewhat of a double-edged sword because we're at an interesting point right now where they don't really need me to continue what they need to do at home. So that allows me, gives me the freedom to spend a lot of time doing my own work. But I say it's a double-edged sword because it makes it a little bit too easy to not stay engaged. So that's created sort of the opportunity to make sure that we carve out time to be together since we don't need to carve out the time to go over homework or study for tests. Instead, we carve out time to really decompress together. So that's what we've been trying to do. We've been having dinner together every night, which is something unique and different, but we frankly have never had. Um, My kids tend to eat early before I'm home from work. So this has been a really neat opportunity to sit down as a family. I'm not a cook, but my husband and my daughter are. So they have really bonded. It is great. And they cook every night for us. Um, So that's been wonderful. And then we, as a family, try to either watch a TV show together or work on puzzles And we love to walk outside. So my daughter and I have started this daily walk with daughter uh, routine. So the weather's nice and cooperates. And hopefully as we get further into spring, we'll we'll have more of these nice walks. But we really enjoyed going outside, whether it's just my daughter and myself or the four of us, plus our beloved mini golden doodle, who is probably the happiest, happiest of all of us being in this work from home environment. So we spend a lot of time together with our dog and just look for for ways to make the most of the weekends and evenings. And it's what's also nice, even though we're all working in four separate parts of the house, we're blessed to be able to have our own privacy. You know, we'll meet up passing in the kitchen, grabbing snacks, grabbing lunch, or just taking a quick break. So it's just really different, but nice. But in terms of tips, it's for me, it's about making a deliberate decision that we're going to carve out the time because it can get really easy when you're working from home and you're not being pulled with other responsibilities to be working much longer hours. In, um, so it's about making that choice and deciding when you're going to walk away and then be together as a family. Thank you for that. So many great takeaways from what you were saying, you know, just how you've been able to have this time with your family, but also carving out that time, the importance of doing that so that you're able to get what you need to get done within your day. But then also you're still now able to have this, you know, dinner time with your family, which is super important and always a great time to have those daughter walks. So do you have any tips for working moms? Sure. So one thing I learned really early on, and you know, we talked about how two weeks into my return to work after Julia was born, I started traveling. And one thing that I found, and maybe the Beanie Babies helped, but I learned quickly not to apologize for having to travel or not to apologize for work in general. 
Julia grew up with it just being BAU that mommy would travel for a few days or that I would have to work late occasionally. So she understood that was just sort of part of the deal. And I felt like if I were to apologize or say, I'd rather be home with you, that could be used. She could, she would anchor to that. And then anytime I'd left, anytime I would leave, she would think, well, mommy would rather be here. And she'd start to resent Verizon and resent my work. And instead, because it was just sort of this, she grew up that this is what work is. It was similar to when she started school. You go to school, I go to work. And not only did she not resent Verizon and my work, but I think I've become a really strong role model for her as a working mom. And that's is something that gives me a lot of pride. And I know when I see how proud she is of me, I'm just super excited for her future and her perspective on what women can do. So that's one bit of advice. And then the second piece really ties back to an incident I had, an experience I had with my son. He was, I think, in third grade at the time, and he had a chorus concert for school. And I remember I had a really important meeting, but I knew we had this course concert and I didn't want to miss it. And so I rearranged the meeting and fixed my schedule and had to jump through a lot of hoops to get to his chorus concert. And I made it on time and I attended and he didn't really look happy that he was at the chorus concert. He wasn't interested. He wasn't engaged in it. And that afternoon when we talked about it, it became clear to me that he really didn't care about chorus. This wasn't an activity he had signed up for. He was made to do it. And it made me stop and think that here I had really jumped through a lot of hoops to be there for him when it wasn't a priority for him. So we had a a really honest conversation about it. And we made a deal. And the deal was that we were not going to make any assumptions. I was not going to make any assumptions. And we would have an honest conversation about what activities were important and which ones were necessary for me to attend and which ones really meant a lot for him. And we've had that deal and he's now in seventh grade and we've just had this understanding. So I know if there's a, if, if it's, there's a baseball game, if it's a championship, yes. If it's a regular game, he'll tell me, no, mom, you don't need to come to this one. And of course I try to, but it really does make it easier to help prioritize when I know what his priorities are. And then that way we're aligned and I can meet his expectations and not disappoint him. Because the last thing you want is to have that guilt of, I'm not doing a great job as a mom. I'm disappointing my kids. And also I'm not, I'm, I'm disappointing on the work front too. So I think it all comes down to open communication and really setting your priorities and having that conversation and letting your kids weigh in. You know, they have a say in this too. We're all in this together. For sure. Thank you so much. I have one last question for you. Is there anything you want to say that you didn't get a chance to say? Yeah, I think I want to just take a minute to reflect on what this period at at home has meant for me. I mentioned how there's some changes in that we're having dinner together. And it's really allowed me to think hard about what I want for my family and for myself after things get back to normal. And I'm making sure that I take the time to think through that. I don't have any my answers yet, but I'm still working on it. But it's been interesting because during this time frame, I've been 
as I'm sure many many of the listeners are going on social media for breaks, and I see a lot of expressions, and I tend to screenshot them. And there was one in particular that resonated with me that I saw probably about four weeks ago. And I've told this story so many times over the last several weeks, but it's it's really impactful for me. And and the expression is, in the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And I certainly love this extra time that I'm having with my family. I love the connections that I'm having with my team, doing the video calls, having the WebEx, the Google, the Zoom calls. I'm far more, even though I was in the office with my whole team, my direct reports, we're connecting more. And we're connecting more on a personal level. We start every staff meeting talking about something personal in our life. And that's one thing I'm definitely going to take back with me. So I say all of this to say I still have a lot more thinking to do, but I'm really encouraged and excited about being able to figure out what is it that I want to bring back with me that I've learned these last six weeks? And what is it that I don't want to bring back? And what am I going to leave? What am I going to leave at the office? What's, what's going to stay in Basking Ridge as I embark on sort of this next part of the journey, which I think we're all going to be entering a new way of operating, new ways of working at Verizon, and frankly, beyond Verizon, of course, in our day-to-day lives. So that's something that I would encourage everyone to do. And I don't know that I'll get the right balance, but I'm optimistic that I'm going to have some really good choices to make in terms of what I'm going to stick with and what I'm going to try differently. And that's, to me, exciting and energizing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm so happy that you joined me today and I'm really looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much. 